You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. This morning is Mission Sunday. And on the last Sunday of every single month, we as a Gateway Church, we highlight missions. And we have done that in a variety of different ways over the years. Uh, Many times we'll bring in missionary guests uh, that are on the field, or we will bring in, uh, you know, shareholders, you know, or people that are, you know, on the ground uh, locally, stateside, or even foreign missionaries. But back at the end of the summer, uh, I think it was the end of July, Uh, into the first part of August, the Lord started stirring something inside of me for 2022. And uh, it kind of was confirmed and we were like, all right, we're pulling the trigger. And what we're doing for the next several months on our missions month or on our mission Sunday, what we've done is we've invited missions pastors to come and share a missions message, to just encourage us in missions, to bring us to another level. And there are churches like the one that Pastor Dan Green is a part of that are ahead of us uh, in missions, uh, where their church has grown, where they have a full-time missions pastor, someone that's caring for local, stateside, foreign missions. And then also Dan Green has been a blessing uh, to the the, uh, Michigan District Assemblies of God as well. But uh, today we're going to hear an incredible message. And let me just say, uh, Dan Green, I've known of him for a long time. Uh, he's been a blessing to my kids uh, because of connections with the district. Um, but he was a uh, in the marketplace for 25 years as a teacher. He retired from that, but before he retired for 15 of those years, he was serving as missions liaison to the district during the summer. And I don't want to steal too much of your thunder, uh, but then after retirement, uh, his church said, you know what, we would love for you to be the missions pastor. And for two years now has been serving there. And uh, he's our first missionary pastor to fill the pulpit. And it's a kind of a new idea. But let's open our hearts and our minds to hear what God has for us. Without further ado, Dan Green, come and join us. We love you. Awesome. Well, good morning. So good to be with you this morning. Pastor Ben and Jessica are just a blessing to this district. I know you know they're a blessing to your church. I can tell just from watching the interactions in the lobby um, how much you love your pastoral family and how much they love you. But can I just tell you, they are a huge blessing to the rest of the AG churches throughout Michigan. Just the encouragement. I'll give you one example. Pastor Ben mentioned, um, write a note to uh, Pastor Rachel um, or to Jamie. Jamie, to Jamie, um, just to thank them for their ministry and what they do. I had the opportunity to serve uh, just doing a little missions panel at a youth convention this past fall at which Pastor Ben was in the audience. And after we were done, like two minutes after we were done, he came up to me and gave me a thank you note for doing it. I'm like, now that's quality leadership right there. And it blessed me and encouraged me. And it kind of started this conversation about coming and doing this today. Uh, So thank you for doing that because it really made my day. Um, And so do that. Would you do that? Just bless others. That's a side note. That's a freebie. That's uh, not part of the message today. But um, the Vey family, we do go back a little ways, just, um, well, a long ways, actually. My wife and uh, Jessica were on a missions team together when they were teenagers. See, now, I wasn't going to say, you're the one getting in trouble, if that makes the audio on live stream. Yes, it was 1990, but I, I'm not, for the record, the one who said how long ago it was. Uh, but yeah, my, our, our wives went to Argentina together and served Steve Hill there as they served the Argentinian people and just spread the gospel then. My wife uh, has a passion for missions. I wish she could be here traveling with me today. She is serving on the mission field called Zero to Five-Year-Olds at our church today. Um, and so she has been filling, she's been, she has become the, um, the coordinator for that. Previously, she was kind of doing the whole transition thing when we were um, looking on our youth pastor search. She served for two and a half years as an interim youth pastor at our church. And so her heart for missions uh, is something that I learned and caught after we met and married. It was not something I was really um, 
even on my radar. I just, I, I'll share a little more of that story in a little bit. And so I'm just, I wish she could be here with us to hang out. But the, the Vey family, and I'm staring at you, and I'm not paying up. I told, I told Reagan, what we used to have to do was anytime that we um, called out our kid's name when I was preaching, we had to pay them. You're, you're lucky. They're all adults now, so you're off the hook. But they didn't know about that before, Pastor Ben. But um, Reagan and Logan and my wife Joy and I go back quite a ways on lots of late-night bus rides coming back from Cedar Point for PK retreat. Yeah. Uh, we had the privilege of getting to be a part of that team for a long time. Um, I think maybe your first year was fifth grade for Logan, and um, we would go to Cedar Point on a Sunday. What a treat, right, for a missionary kid or a pastor kid. Everybody else is at church on Sunday morning. We're at Cedar Point. That's ministry. <laughs> Love it. And we just got to know each other so well. And can I just tell you that getting to know Logan and Reagan, uh, I felt like I got to know your church and your pastoral family really well. They just love Jesus and they love people. And that's really neat to have gotten to be a part of that. We're on a bit of a missionary exchange program today, I think, because Reagan came and shared at Brighton Assembly of God a few months back what God's doing um, in her life and where he's um, directing her. And I know there's some changes and things that are happening because of the world that we currently live in. And uh, God has this, and he's leading you, and we believe in what God's doing and is going to do in your ministry as a missionary. We, we believe in what you're doing, so we're excited. Well, I was driving here this morning, and... Uh, I got up, I told the early service, um, I got up at five and headed this way. Now, don't feel bad for me, okay? Those of you that sleep in, so you, can, you come to second service, so you can sleep in, and you're like, oh, man, I feel really bad now. This guy got up at five in the morning to come here. Don't feel bad for me, because I used to get up about four in the morning and come this direction several times a year to connect with a buddy of mine and go out on his boat and do some salmon fishing. Loved that. It was so much fun. We would catch fish. We would laugh, have snacks. It was a great day. And um, one fall, he said to me, you know what? They're not out in the lake anymore. They haven't, they're not gathering anymore. They're in the rivers. So you should get a pair of waders and come out here, and we'll go in the river, and uh, we'll go after the salmon that way. And so I did that. We would get up early, and I would drive this way, and uh, we did that. I have yet to catch a Sam. Is it a trick? Is it like a lie that they actually will bite? I don't believe it because I've yet to actually even see someone uh, hook a salmon on a line in a river. And so um, I'm a little bitter. You can tell I'm a little bitter about that. We'll try again at some point. But so all that to say, uh, such a privilege to come back this way. My wife and I love the west side of the state. You guys live in paradise. It is so great out here. Those of you that don't like the snow, I don't know what to tell you. You chose here, okay? Um, but we just love it on the west side of the state and getting to hang out with you guys today. And um, I tell you that little story about fishing because, one, I love fishing. Um, I'm kind of an inland lakes guy, and I can tell you a lot about bass fishing. Not so good at the salmon thing, as you have heard already. Um, but I also love fishing because there's a lot of fishing stories in God's Word. Did you know that? There's a ton of them. And God's word is so practical. It's so real. And, and sometimes I know there's, you know, I'm, I'm not a deep theologian. I know there's deep theology in the word of God. It's, it's interesting and fun to dig in deep today. But will you guys stick with me today? I have just a really simple story from God's word for us today that I think we can apply some lessons to our lives. And um, as Pastor Ben mentioned, I did spend 25 years in the public school system uh, as a teacher, most of that time in the high school. But the last four years, I was a junior high teacher. Now, as a junior high teacher, I loved it, by the way, but as a junior high teacher, you have to learn how to do two things well. Well, a lot of things, probably, but I did two things well, I think, as a junior high teacher. One is I told stories. Sometimes they were, you know, junior high-level stories, and my kids still accuse me today of never getting the junior high out of me. But you got to learn to tell stories, and you got to learn to relate lessons from those stories. And if you can do those two things, you can teach any subject. Okay, And so today we're going to just take a really simple look at God's word and try to apply that to our lives, if you'll stick with me. You want to do that? Yeah. All right. Let's go to Matthew chapter 17. And we're going to start in verse 24. In Matthew 17, verse 24, it says, After Jesus and his disciples arrived in Capernaum, the collectors of the two drachma temple tax came to Peter and asked, Doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he does, replied Peter. And when Peter came into the house, Jesus was the first to speak. What do you think, Simon? He asked. 
From whom do the kings of earth collect duty and taxes? From their own children or from others? From others, Peter answered. Then the children are exempt, Jesus said to him. But so that we may not cause offense, to the, go to the lake, throw out your line, take the first fish you catch, open its mouth, and you will find a four drachma coin. Take it and give it to them for my tax and for yours. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that it's still alive today. It's active. When we read it, Lord, it, it comes alive in our hearts and our lives. And when we apply it, Lord, it makes changes uh, that you want to see happen in our lives. So thank you, God, for your word. Thank you that um, you don't hide it from us, but you reveal it. And so, Lord, uh, today I just ask, God, would you reveal to each of our hearts, starting with mine, God, areas where I can apply your word correctly and live out my life in a way that pleases you and honors you. And God, if, if anything that I would say or do today would get in the way of someone hearing your word direct from you, God, would you help me to get out of the way so that they can hear it from you today? In your name, amen. So on that first fishing trip for the river fishing out here, my friend told me a story about a guy by the name of Trevor who lived in this area. He had a condo, actually, right by the Muskegon River. And he was walking back to his condo one day, had two five-gallon buckets in his hand, and there was a salmon fish in each bucket as he's walking back home. And the local DNR conservation officer stopped him, who's been there. Where are my fishermen and ladies? Where are my fishermen and ladies? All right, the DNR officer stopped him, has full authority to do that, of course, as we know, and poaching is a very serious crime in Michigan. And he was walking back with two buckets, uh, one with a fish in each bucket, and the DNR officer asked to see his license uh, for catching those fish, and Trevor said, well, these, uh, you're, you're misunderstanding the situation here. These are my pets, okay? Uh, these, these fish are my pets, and I actually live in the condo just down the road there. I have a big tank for them, and um, each day I get out, and I, I, I bring them for their daily exercise. I dump them in the river here, and then I walk up to the dam, and then I whistle, and they jump out of the river, and they jump into my buckets, Okay? <laughs> so there's a fisherman's story, right? So the DNR says, okay, fine. You, want, you know what? I'll pull you along with this. Prove it to me. You, you dump those fish back in the river, and I want to see you whistle for them. So Trevor complies, as you should when any officer of the law asks you to do something, dumps the fish in the river, walks a few steps down, and looks at the DNR officer and says, DNR, DNR officer says, Trevor, whistle for the fish and, jump them and have them jump back in your buckets. And Trevor says, what fish? <laughs> All right. Sorry, you know, the guy reads a passage of scripture and then goes there. I, I, you're just going to have to stick with it. I said junior high teacher, okay? I get sidetracked easily. There are a lot of great stories that can be told about fishing. That one certainly is not true. Maybe it is true. I don't know. Maybe the guy got arrested. I don't know. But Peter's got to have some of the best fishing stories ever told. I mean, you think about the life of Peter and what he saw on the waters and around that area that Jesus performed miracles, and his stories were all true. And so today, as we look at this story that we see of Jesus creating uh, a situation where Peter got to participate in this fishing story and the purpose for it, and I think some just real practical things, hopefully practical things that we can apply to our lives today. And so that is um, what we're going to focus in on today. This story is not about... Um, the temple tax, it's not about the problem. There was a problem, right? Track with me here for a minute. So Peter's on his way in. Jesus is already inside the house. The, teach, the collectors of the tax come to him, and they present him with a problem, a challenge, right? Jesus needs to pay this tax, the temple tax. It was kind of like a maintenance fund for the temple. And the story isn't so much about the tax, in my opinion, as it is about the problem that was presented. The problem was... Without paying the tax, they were going to offend some people. And if they offended those people or that situation, it might get in the way of the real mission and the real purpose of what was going on that day. And so Jesus gives Peter an opportunity to be a part of the solution. Now, can I just say how many times I've been a part of the problem instead of part of the solution? I can't count. But when Jesus gives you an opportunity to be a part of the solution, we should take it. Amen? All right, good. We're all together on this. All right, so there's the problem. Why were they at uh, 
the location that they were at. What was their mission? What were they doing? And I think that um, there's really just a great, um, a great example that Jesus gives us here of what he was doing and, and what the circumstance looked like. And that is this. When we first see Jesus as a boy entering the temple, right, 12 years old-ish, uh, in Luke chapter 2, says the boy Jesus was in the temple, and they were amazed at his understanding. He's actually already starting. He's, he's starting his pattern and his um, habit of going to the temple. They were there, and he's, teach, he's actually opening up the, the word, and people were amazed at his understanding. In Mark 14, 49, it says, Jesus, he's talking. He says, every day I was with you, teaching in the temple courts. In Luke 4, 15, Jesus went into the synagogue as was his custom. See, Jesus had kind of a, a many-pronged mission here on earth. Obviously, maybe you're walked in uh, today for the very first time, and, and if, if you're walking in and you're like, what's this whole Jesus thing? Can I just say to you, Jesus, the Son of God, had a mission that he came here and he paid a price. He paid a penalty, a price that we could not pay. And he was the sacrifice for our personal sins. He was the redemption of both Israel and us today. And so that was his primary focus. We know that, right? John 3.16, that's why God sent his only son, to serve out that mission. But while he was here, he had another part of his mission. There was something else that he was doing. And when he first starts his kind of earthly ministry as an adult, in Luke 4, 18 through 19, we see Jesus stand up in the temple courts, and he actually reads the scrolls um, the, he reads from Isaiah, and he declares that another part of his mission is to preach the good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus was here to be a teacher. He was here to hear the word of God, hear his Father's voice, and declare. In fact, he says, I only say what I hear the Father saying. Right? So a part of his mission is to go into places and share the word, to teach, to instruct people on the love of God, his Father, and what was going on. And he declares that when he starts off his ministry. So Jesus gives some instructions to Peter. And I believe these three instructions that he gives him give us really three life lessons that we can apply, some things we can learn about this. And so let's explore that together. The first instruction that Jesus gave Peter in this circumstance was go to the lake. Everybody say go to the lake. Yeah. I didn't say go jump in a lake. Who, I don't know. Was it over here somewhere telling me to? No. Okay. He said go to the lake. And if I'm Peter, I'm excited at this point. You know, if there was a dramatic pause in between these, I don't know if Jesus was, you know, a fast talker or a slow talker, but I got to believe if there was a little dramatic pause in there after he says go to the lake, Peter's like, sweet, I know the lake. I understand what you're where you're sending me. When we first see Peter interact with Jesus, if you look over in like Luke chapter 5, we find that Jesus is teaching, he's preaching on the lake shore. And he actually gets in Simon, Peter's boat, and preaches from the boat. And then they push offshore after that happens and they go fishing, right? Peter was a commercial fisherman. That was his occupation. So if I'm Peter in this situation, and Jesus says to me, go to the lake, I'm like going, sweet. It'd be like Jesus saying to me, Dan, we have a problem. You're going to be part of the solution. Go teach some junior hires about robotics. Cool. I love that. We'll go build some robots. That'll be fun. We'll, we'll have a good day. Right? And Peter is saying, okay, I can go to the lake. That's awesome. And with Peter, God uses... His skill, he gives an opportunity to use his talent, something that's familiar to him. And I got to believe that as we look through the scriptures, when you look, in fact, 1 Peter 4.10, he's now instructing believers, later believers, each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. 1 Corinthians 4.2, Paul says, now it's required that those who've been given a trust must prove faithful. Back into the Old Testament, Exodus 36, 1. Every skilled person whom the Lord has given skill and ability is to do the work just as the Lord commanded. I love what Billy Graham said about that. Billy Graham said, 
But if God gave you that skill and you're where he wants you to be, then your work is valuable and significant in his sight. God wants to use the things, the talents, the skills, the opportunities that you've been given to earn, to um, interact, to be in a location for his kingdom, for his glory, for his honor, to draw people to him. He gave you that ability and that skill. And I believe that in this very first instruction, he's telling Peter, you've got skill, Peter. I recognize that skill. It's how we first met. Now go back to the lake. Awesome. And the lesson that we can learn from that is that the Lord wants to use our skills to help participate in his mission. But it'll take obedience on our part. We have to say yes. We got to be willing to do it. He's not going to force us. Amen? All right. Instruction number two. Here's a, just after the dramatic pause. Jesus says, go to lake. Peter says, awesome. I like the lake. I know what to do there. Jesus says, throw out your line. Peter says, wait a second. Why would Peter have a problem with that? Peter was a commercial fisherman, okay? Let's go back to my story about wading in your beautiful rivers on the west side of the state. I've never caught a salmon on a line on a treble hook trying to get him to, it's, it was, you know, I know some of you probably have, and you're like, why is it so hard? I do it all the time. Every, it's difficult. I, they, they tease me. Like, they're, I'm in my waders. They're brushing past my legs and, like, sticking out their tongues as they go by. If, you know, if, if it weren't for the fish's attitude, I think I'd be a very good fisherman, Pastor Ben. But they're fussy. And it's very different to catch a fish on a line than it is to throw a net. How much easier would it be if we were allowed to go into the rivers with big nets and just trap a bunch of fish? I'm, I'm, maybe there's people that do it. It's illegal, by the way. I, do, do not do that. It'd be much easier. Peter was a commercial fisherman. When we see the story in Luke 5... And Jesus casts off the shore with Peter, right? He says, cast us, put, put us out, and, and let's go out there and let's do some fishing. I'm, maybe he was hungry. I don't know. He just got done preaching. I'm always hungry after I'm done preaching. So they go out, and Peter says, oh, man, it's, it's, it's been a terrible fishing day. It's awful. They're not biting. They're not jumping in the nets. It's not a good day for fishing. And Jesus says, Peter, let down your nets, and we all know the rest of the story, right? They bring in the largest harvest of fish in those nets that they had ever seen, so much so that the boats are sinking, so much so that they can't, they, they need help. They call people to help them get the nets up into the boat to bring in the haul. So if I'm Peter and Jesus says, go to the lake, I'm thinking, awesome, I'll go to the lake, I'll borrow a buddy's boat, I'll borrow some nets, I'll catch a whole bunch of fish, we'll sell the fish, and we'll take care of this tax problem. But Jesus says, Peter, I want you to throw out a line. Can you imagine being Peter who is, you know, he's given it all up, right? The story in Luke tells us that that day he recognized the authority of Jesus and he walked away from his life as a commercial fisherman and became a fisher of men and started following Jesus to that day. I don't know that there's another tracking, uh, at, you know, my deep theology here, I don't think there's another instance of Peter fishing between then and this story. So he's been following Jesus around, not fishing anymore, becoming a disciple and learning the ways of the Lord. And now Jesus is asking him to go back to something somewhat familiar, but don't do it exactly the same way you're used to. And if I'm Peter, I'm going, my friends are going to see me walking down there with a bamboo pole over my shoulder. And that's not very efficient. I know an efficient way to catch fish. And why would you have me do that, God? You know, you're good at this whole preaching thing, but I can fish. Well, he had already proven that he couldn't. That Jesus was a better fisherman, resulting in huge catch that day, right? And so Peter's got a choice to make. He can be obedient, completely obedient, or he can say, ah, okay, you want me to go to the lake? I'll go to the lake. But maybe I'll do it my own way. And I just picture Peter starting that long walk, you know, like the walk of shame, right? He's got the pole over his shoulder. He's on his way to the lake. I, got, I just picture him kind of 
looking back at Jesus, like, you know, are you sure you want me to take the pole? Can I just go rent a boat? And Jesus is like, you got this. It's going to all work out, right? No problem, Peter. Just trust me. Just trust me. And there's several reasons why I believe that Jesus allowed Peter to interact this way and chose this method for him. I really believe in my heart, because I relate to Peter and I understand what I think I read about Peter's personality and the Word of God, I relate to it very well. Peter was a pretty hard guy. Peter was a guy who, when we see this story at the very beginning, what kind of gets him into this mess with the tax in the first place? Peter's mouth, <laughs> right? They, these tax collectors approach Peter and say, doesn't Jesus pay the temple tax? And Peter's like, oh, yeah, he does. And that's me. I'm sorry. I got to be honest. Like, my mouth gets me. I, my wife has chiseled away at a lot of that. She's really good about encouraging me, and I've learned a lot. The Lord's been working on my heart for a long time. But every once in a while still, my, my mouth gets ahead of my brain, you know? Ever been there? No, I'm the only one. Okay. Anyway, and I believe Peter... There's some things that he needed to work through. We see that in the, the beginning of the story. He's still working through some of those things. And he just, you know, his mouth just gets ahead of him. He's like, oh, yeah, Jesus pays the tax. Instead of, oh, let me check with my boss and see what he says about that, you know. And there were things about Peter that needed to be submitted. That he needed to just trust that the Lord knew better, right? This is the same Peter that makes a declaration of faith in the Lord, and Jesus says, on that declaration, on that, this rock, that declaration of faith that you've just made, Peter, on who I am, that's what I'm going to build my church on. All of what we're doing today, sharing the gospel message, all tracks back to Jesus, his first disciples, specifically Peter, making a declaration of faith of who he is. But to get to that place, Jesus need to do some chiseling on Peter. Peter means rock, Right? And there were some things about Peter that needed to be chiseled away. You can't build your church on a bunch of round rocks. Come on, that was pretty good. I didn't even say that to first service. Like, you guys are getting a bonus. You can't build a church on, you guys just built this church. If they were to take a bunch of round cinder blocks, I would not stand under this roof today. I would have no confidence. Right? In early building, they didn't come out of a preformed mold. You'd go to the quarry, you'd find a block of granite or whatever, and you'd chisel away until it was the shape, flattened, some areas, some sharp edges, things moved around so that it works with the building program. And I believe what Jesus is doing in this story is giving us an example through Peter's life that to be part of the, the program, to be a participant in the mission, sometimes it's going to take some chiseling. And so Peter puts the pole on his shoulder, okay, obviously this is the Dan version of the story still, okay? And starts that long walk of shame to the lake, going, all right, Lord, I'm going to trust you on this. I believe that you're going to do it. Because Jesus didn't need Peter to go out and prove that he was a decent fisherman and could work hard. Jesus didn't need Peter to go back and interact with his friends, have a great day on the lake, catch a bunch of fish, and have them have one of the fish have in its mouth the exact amount of money and a coin that they needed. Jesus needed Peter to trust. And so the lesson that we get from throwing out your line is this. The Lord's creative in the ways that he provides. We just have to trust the fact that his plans are always perfect. And that can be a tough one, right? That can be a really tough one. Jesus gives Peter the chance to say, Lord, you have all authority. You have my personality. You have my occupation. You have maybe even my embarrassment around some people that I might recognize when I get back to the lake. But it's all yours. And so he goes to the lake. He casts out his line. I have to wonder, by the way, do you, like, stop at the bait shop? Like, you, okay, it's a line, so that's going to mean, like, what happened there? Like, how many interactions did Peter have to have? Did he have to borrow a pole? Did he have to? And I, and, you know, this is just a, a, a part of me that as I study the life of Peter um, and all the different things that he went through and what he became, um, 
I just wonder, I don't, I don't feel like it was a one and done. Like it wasn't just an, okay, I'm going to obey you, Jesus, and that was good enough. I, I believe that he probably had some opportunities along the way that day before he saw the miracle happen to still let a little of his own pride or a little of his own way of doing things, his little, little stubbornness creep back in. And I believe that was, again, part of that chiseling process that the Lord had for Peter. With, I want to bring it in to the missions world. Pastor Ben shared a little bit with you about joy in my story. Um, Was trained to be a teacher and felt called to serve. Felt called that maybe, you know, I've got my degree but Lord, what are you doing? You know, I just, we were serving in our youth ministry. I had just graduated from Eastern Michigan University. I was living in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Joy and I were newly married. And we're like, Lord, we just want to be a part of what you're doing. And we had an opportunity to serve in a, in a youth pastorate role uh, at a local church there. Um, in fact, the church that we had been kind of the lay leaders in um, said, you know what, we want you to be our youth pastor. And so we're like, okay, we'll, we'll give this a try. And in that process, my first year of teaching, first year of marriage, first year of youth pastoring. Sean, you got it made, man. I'm just telling you, all right? now. And in that process, I discovered a lot of things about myself. And in that year, I learned that I was a lot like Peter. I would say things without thinking. I wanted to do things my own way. I just felt the need to... Um, you know, strong arm my way through things. Go catch a bunch of fish. Wouldn't that be more efficient? And the Lord began to work on some things in my life and gave Joy and I some new opportunities where he just moved us into that, that public school role full-time. And um, it just kind of, we took a, a step back from formal ministry in the church and just kind of kept serving. And can I tell you, with the day that we submitted that to the Lord and said, God, this doesn't look like what I think it's supposed to look like, and it feels weird, and I don't know why you're doing it the way you're doing it. The day that we submitted that to him, we began to get opportunities to share with so many more teenagers than we ever would have had. I don't just, you know, I'm not downplaying a, a church. I think we had five kids in our youth group. I'm not downplaying that. That's awesome, right? God uses five-person youth groups to minister the gospel and do amazing things. But the day we submitted it, we began to get opportunities to share in a different platform. Some of, the, some of the greatest opportunities that she and I have had in ministry came from the day that we said, all right, maybe I'll try a pole instead of a net. And uh, it has been an amazing journey. Let's review. I was a middle school teacher. You have to get people to say things so that they remember it. I'm hoping you'll remember it at least throughout the back door before you get to the parking lot today. Instruction number one, he told them to go to the lake. Thank you. Very good. Instruction number two, he said, throw out your line, right? Instruction number three, he tells him to take the first fish. And I love this instruction. It's a very simple instruction. But I believe that Jesus was being kind to Peter. <laughs> like he's already going, okay, you're going to have to trust. You're going to have to obey. You might have a little embarrassment. He doesn't make him fish through a, like 12 fish to finally find the one with the coin in the mouth. It's like, Jesus, you're so nice, right? Maybe Peter needed a little more, right? Maybe he's like me. He's like, all right, you, have, you know, it's been, I've, I've been hard on you. We've been doing some chiseling here. Take the first fish. And in that fish's mouth is a coin. And Jesus tells him ahead of time what's going to happen. Isn't that great? We really don't always get that, by the way. You know, like, we, we don't always get an exact formula of how it's going to work out. But he does, in this case, tells Peter, this is exactly what's going to happen. You're going to throw out your line. You're going to take the first fish. When you open that fish's mouth, there will be a coin in it that will cover what we need for this tax. That's amazing to me. It's such a simple truth. But what Jesus does is he says, I have a mission. You're part of the mission with me. You guys tracking? Here's, here's where it comes down rubber to road for us today. We are a part of what Jesus is calling us to do. You as the Gateway Church here on the west side of the state, myself over in Brighton, all of us together in the different interactions that we will have on a daily basis, get the opportunity to be part of the solution. We are what 
Christ has left on this earth to be his representatives to share the gospel message. So we get to be a part of it. But he'll never leave us in a place where what he's called us to be a part of his mission, he won't provide the method to get there. When he's called us to be a part of his mission, he won't let us find out that, oh, we're going to get halfway through the mission and we're, we're falling a little short. Can I tell you that over 15 years of doing different missions teams, different outreaches, there's been times where we're like, God, I don't know how you're going to do it. I wish you'd just give me a fish with, you know, a gold coin in the mouth and handle this situation right now. I don't know each circumstance of how it's going to happen. But can I tell you, as you guys plan and you spend this year, I'm so privileged to get to be a part of this first, uh, you know, last Sunday of the month, first one of the year, as you guys are focusing on building from here. Because I believe what Pastor Ben said today. I believe it with every fiber of my core that missions isn't the trip that's going to happen to Jolo. That's cool, and that's a part of it. Missions is not the, uh, the I'm missing the name, but the, the pregnancy help. That's a part of it. We have moved to a place, in my opinion, in modern Christianity, that we think of missions as an offering or a trip instead of a life. And I believe that what you guys are doing, it's a model. It, you're, you're ahead of so many bodies of believers around that are still focused on, well, okay, we do a missions offering once a month or once a year, or we do a missions trip or we sponsor a missionary, and that's all good. That's great. We should be doing that. We must keep doing that. But if we're going to truly move forward with what I believe Jesus was teaching Peter in this lesson is missions has got to become part of who we are every day. Our lifestyle has to be, God, what opportunity are you giving me today? And so I think about this trip now in a different way that Peter took when he walked down to the lake. What if Peter, every time somebody talked to him about the pole that was on his shoulder, talked to him about the provider that was going to bring the miracle? What if every interaction Peter had that day gathered another person and said, oh, yeah, oh you're going to tease me? Come walk to the lake with me. I know a guy. Right? And then they see the miracle happen. The provision happens. I, again, that's the Dan version, all right? So it's not on you version yet. If you look at that version up, it's not there yet. We're working on it. But I got to believe that there were also opportunities, just like there were opportunities for the, the enemy to come against him and say, this is never going to work. It's not, this isn't how you fish. What are you thinking? There probably were also opportunities that the gospel message went forward. And so today... Here's my challenge for you. If the worship team would come back, and I don't know if you can play something. It'll, it'll get me to land this plane if you guys start playing something. <laughs> Jesus says, Peter, take the first fish, and in its mouth, there's the coin. And what I love about that story is Jesus doesn't provide just enough to get by with what the tax collectors were claiming Jesus should be paying. Did you catch it in the story? Jesus provides what's needed for Jesus' temple tax and Peter's. He's always a God of provision for the entire need. And lesson number three is that the Lord's provision is always sufficient to supply the entire need. And I don't know what that looks like for individual circumstances. You guys have missions projects. You have missionaries that you're supporting. You have outreaches that you're doing in your local community. You have outreaches that you're participating in to send the students to other locations. But he'll provide. He's not going to let it be something that you just skate by and maybe we'll make it, maybe we won't. In 15 years of doing missions teams, I've seen people have one interaction with a dentist and the dentist was like, I'm just going to write you a check to send you on your trip. Praise God. That's awesome. That's like gold coin in the mouth of the fish moment, right? I've also seen it where students and families and other members from the church, man, they, that student, it, early on, man, the money was, is this going to work? Is it not going to work? And every time the Lord has come through for that kid, for that church, for that project. And so, like I quoted from Billy Graham, if he's given you the skill... He's given you the location. 
and you're listening to his voice and moving forward on his mission, he's going to provide. I believe that today. Would you stand on your feet? Can I have it? I wasn't going to do this, Pastor Ben, but I'm going to take a little liberty here. It's time. Okay. So I showed the first service this little illustration. You're probably looking at it going, that is a dirty bottle with some bottle caps glued to it. You're correct. That is exactly what that is. Sean was going to steal it earlier because he really had his eye. He thought it was pretty cool looking. This is actually a remote control truck if you live in the Dominican Republic. I met a little boy, about four or five years old, on a trip there. And the reason I want to show you this is because I want to illustrate for you how simple it really is when you're just being obedient. We came across this little boy. We were there in the Dominican Republic. And uh, local churches such as your own had been giving to a program called BGMC. And all the children's pastors in the room said amen. All right, thank you. Because they wanted to build playgrounds for kids, just so that kids would have a chance to come to a, a local church, play on the playground, and have an outreach center. And so as we were doing that trip and building those playgrounds, I came across this little boy just pulling rocks around in this thing. I'm going to break it. That would be bad. It's like one of my prized possessions. And he was so happy pulling rocks around in a, in a little water bottle with some bottle caps glued inside of it. And now I know what you're thinking. You're like, Dan, how come you have that? He was so happy <laughs> pulling that around. Did you steal that kid's truck? No, I didn't steal his truck. Don't think so badly of me. I traded him for his truck. Because a church that was like, you know what, we cannot, right now it's not going to work. We feel like God's telling us we should do something, but we're not sure what it's going to be. Let us get back to you on what that's going to be. You know, we're just not sure. And what they came up with is, in the Dominican Republic, baseball is really popular. Really popular. The kids love to play baseball. The adults love to play baseball. Many of them. And so they provided us with some balls and bats. Good quality stuff. And I got the chance to interact with this little boy and trade him an actual ball, a nice ball, a nice bat for this, right? He thought it was a million dollars, right? I think this is a million dollars. Because that same little boy then had the opportunity to interact. He knew there was a church that was putting in this playground that he could come and play and interact with the gospel. He got a chance to see VeggieTales in Spanish and hear the gospel message. Why? Because the church said, I don't know what it's going to look like yet, but we'll figure out something. And they sent us with some supplies. And so as you guys, whether it's um, whatever program, whatever situation, whatever opportunity it is, I believe that this morning the Lord is tugging at your heart. I, he's, as I prepared, I'm telling you, there's things that I'm going, okay, I need to do that, Lord. I need to add this or change that about my ministry, about my life, about so me first, okay? This is for me first, but I believe that there's many of you in the room today that are like, you know what, Lord? I do trust you, and I know that there's some lakes that you've given me. There's some places that I have the ability to access and have some interaction, maybe some knowledge about, and I'm willing today to say, Lord, whatever that looks like, whether it's a pole, sometimes it was a net, sometimes it was a line. But whatever it looks like, God, I'm willing to be obedient to what you're asking me to do to be involved with your gospel message going forward. And so if that's you today, I'm just going to ask right now, I'm going to give you time to just move out. We've begun in Brighton to get back in the altars, and I'm excited about that. If you need space, if you're more comfortable to step to like a side aisle or to give your space around someone. But if you're saying, you know what, I just feel like there's something that God wants me to do. I might not even know what it is yet. Maybe he's highlighted something for you that you need to be involved with. Maybe it's in your giving, and you're like, you know what, Lord, I've trusted you with tithing, but now I want to trust you with being really generous in my missions giving. Maybe it's, God, you know what, that um, ministry to young, young mothers-to-be and the fathers of those babies, that's something that's dear to my heart, and I just want to see them loved and served. Maybe that's where you plug in. Whatever it looks like for you, if you would begin to move out, I want to pray just a blessing over your life, over your church, that God this year and beyond is going to do incredible, that the stories of Jesus doesn't come back next month, next year, that years down the road, the stories about what you guys started this year through the power of partnering with the Lord on his mission and the way that he provides, that they'd be incredible.
that we wouldn't even believe it, that you couldn't imagine. So if you'd step out at this time, and as you do, I'm just going to uh, pray over you guys, and then I'll hand the service back to Pastor Ben. Jesus. Lord, I just bless this congregation, this church. They love you. Lord, I thank you that they have a rich history of serving, giving, sending missionaries all over the world. Lord, I thank you that they have a rich history of serving their community. God, today, I just pray that as each one of us submits our will, our way to you, that, God, you would reveal areas, ways, instructions on how we can serve and obey you, God. We just want to be used of you, Lord. We want to have a, a life that matters to the kingdom, to you, that people would come to know you. So God, forgive us for the times that we've been selfish with our time, our treasure, our talent, and help us to just have an open hand with what you want to do, Lord. And we'll give you all the glory and honor and praise. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it so much. To me, this message is a story that challenges us to say yes. And what lo missions looks like here at the Gateway Church is expanding. We're building. That could be becoming a hero on a weekly basis through City Serve. And we say yes. Or it could be uh, if your student is interested in going to Yoho or Joho, uh, Joho, uh, with the missions trip uh, meeting that's right after service here for our youth, uh, it's saying, okay, I'll, I'll say yes with my child. Or as a student, you're saying yes, and it's saying yes. It could be later on this year, we've got some opportunities to minister to some refugees in Lansing. It looks like June or July time frame that we're going to take some trips, take van loads over, and to be a blessing. When those opportunities come, it's saying yes. Or maybe it's a monthly commitment through Faith Promise like many of us have made to support the over 100 missionaries that we support as the church. You're saying, yes, I'll say yes, I'll say yes. And then there's another trip at the end of the year that we're bringing some details together to possibly go to Turkey. And I know that some of you are going to want to go and it's going to be an incredible trip towards the end of 2022 say yes. We say yes, Lord. Yes. Just like Peter did, he was obedient, he trusted, and the Lord provided. Great message. Incredible. This is exactly what we need at the church to be strengthened in these ideas and just to know. And this morning, we're going to uh, close the service out, and uh, after we uh, after we have this anthem of a song uh, that, that Pastor Bobby has planned, uh, we want to just encourage you, if you're new with us, we'd love to connect with you at the Connect Center, uh, or you can use the QR code that's in front of your uh, chair once the lights come back on and uh, let us know that you're here. And then for those that are planning to stay for the luncheon with Pastor Dan uh, to talk about missions, to talk about this trip uh, in the late summer uh, for the youth, um, we want to encourage you to make your way to the Gateway Kids area for that. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and our lives here at the Gateway Church. We are building from here, and part of that is building our mission's heart and mission's desire to say yes. God, I pray that you will do the supernatural in these times in our lives, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen and amen. Come on, let's just lift our hands to the Lord. Come on, Lord, pour out on us as we close our service today, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Yes, Jesus, we thank you that this song is our victory cry, that our redemption, our salvation is in your blood, Jesus, and we thank you for that. And we thank you that you are calling us out. You are calling us to go. You are calling us to take up our pole, that you're chiseling away at us, Lord. and we just take a moment to examine and ask ourselves what next step you have for us and maybe it's becoming part of this embrace grace and, and speaking life 
into people that feel like they have no other place to go. God, maybe it's it's finding a mentor and letting us be chiseled away a little bit. Maybe it's stepping up and being a connect group and pouring into community here. And maybe it's going, maybe to Turkey or maybe uh, to Dearborn or Lansing to work with refugees, God. But regardless of what you have going on in the future, speak to us now in the present. Let us be missional people as we go to work, as we go to school, as we go and see our families, God, that instead of going to work tomorrow and talking about Matt Stafford in the playoffs, that we would go talking about the work you're doing in our lives, the work you're doing on the lakeshore, the work you're doing through City Serve and Embrace Grace. God, let that missional heart take us. God, and I'm reminded of even my own story whenever I was 16 years old, going on my first missions trip, God, that I got a summer job that paid almost the whole way for me to go. And all the employees came together and one of them went to my church, Ellen, and they raised the rest of the money for me to go. And it was through that experience of being in Belize that you called me into ministry. It was through that it was through that trip that you filled me with your spirit, God, and I know I wouldn't be here today. And it was because you had pressed on a few employees to give a couple of dollars so that I could go on a trip. Jesus, I thank you, and I pray that you would impress on some of these students that may be on the fence about going that they would take that step to go, that you would put on the hearts of some of our people here to take up that missional heart, to be people that would send others, that would be people that would welcome uh, people here with open arms, that we would be a safe place. God, and I thank you for that example of Ellen in my life and the difference that she made in me. And Jesus, I just pray that we would just be people that would leave this place being your salt and light that we would be light in the darkness, that people would see our good deeds and praise our Father in heaven, that you are calling and sending us to a lost, hurting, and broken world. Let us be people that are filled with your love and your life as we leave this place. Let these words again be our victory song. We give you the praise. We give you all the glory and all the honor. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for worshiping with us this morning go in the grace of God. Check out Embrace Grace and say hey to someone as you leave today. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.